0: It's going to be hard to beat that, um, but I'll attempt and try my best. Uh, Today, in my hands, I have a deck of cards. And I bet some of you are hoping that uh, I'll do a card trick. And I could, and it would be mesmerizing. But I don't have time to do that today. Uh, Now, in some homes... uh, Cards are looked upon differently depending on your age, what uh, you were raised in. And, uh, you know, in some homes the real message is, you know, don't ever touch cards. How, how many of you were ever discouraged or you were raised in a home where uh, they didn't want you to touch cards very much? Raise your hand. Okay. It's people who are a little bit more um, age-challenged, I think is the uh, appropriate word there. <laughs> But in my home, uh, my parents really didn't care, but it was amazing to me that there were uh, friends of mine whose parents uh, really were uptight about anyone uh, playing cards. And the reason was they thought, well, if you started playing cards, eventually you'd be open to um, you know, games of chance, and eventually it would actually lead to gambling. And cards were just kind of like this slippery slope uh, to gambling. Now, the allurement of gambling is this, that one day you might be dealt exactly the right hand. Or if you go to a slot machine and you pull down the lever, you're going to hit it at the exact right time. Or if you spin the roulette wheel, you'll spin it at the exact speed to be able to win it big time. And you'll hit the jackpot and you'll be able to live the American dream. You'll be able to buy whatever you want. You'll be able to go wherever you want. You'll be able to do it all um, without ever having to work for it. And that's kind of the allurement of gambling. Now the truth is, is that sometimes people do win it big. They hit the jackpot. I read a story this week of a couple who recently went to Las Vegas. The husband, uh, they found out, had just lost his job. So they went out to eat, and then they went to a casino. They went to in, and they went ahead and they pulled uh, the lever on a slot machine. And a few minutes later, they hit the big jackpot. They won a million dollars. million dollars. And you think about that, and you're like, wow, that's, that's pretty good. Well, this story goes even one step further. They took a portion of their million dollars. They went back to the casino uh, a few weeks later, and they hit the jackpot again. Twenty-six million dollars. Okay, Twenty-six million. It's pretty incredible. I read a story this week about a guy who went to Reno. He had very little money. And he did the penny slots. He put in a dollar fifty of pennies in. And then he pulled one and he hit it. And he won a million dollars. Now, those of you who are math people, you're like, holy cow, what what kind of percentage is that? Well, I looked it up this week. If you took a buck fifty and you won a million dollars, it is a six hundred and sixty seven thousand percent increase in your investment. Not bad, huh? Now, before you all go and get your tickets to Vegas, okay. Let me share with you also something that's in the fine print that sometimes uh, people don't often uh, talk about. And it's this. That sometimes in the fine print, there are a couple things that aren't explained as much. The first one is this. The odds of you winning it big, a million-dollar winner, is very, 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 I don't have enough time today, okay, to do all the varies. Unlikely. They are going to do it. So, they did a study. And this is the study. You are more likely to be hit by lightning 121 times before you win it big and become a million dollar winner in the whole gambling thing. Now, think about this. After you get struck by lightning 120 times, Okay? You get struck by lightning 120 times, and you don't die. If you die, you know, it doesn't help you. But you have 120 times you get struck by lightning. When you get to the 121st time, you have the exact same odds of winning a million dollars in the gambling arena. It's just very, very mathematically unlikely that that would happen. You're going to lose a lot of money if you choose to go that direction. Here's the second issue that is uh, equally important. Sometimes people think that big windfalls of money actually make you a happier person. You become happier. I have read a study this week in which they took a broad selection of hundreds of people who had won a million dollars, and three years later, they asked them if their happiness was higher And all of them, not one, all of them actually said their happiness had been lower than what it was before they won. And things like this had happened. Marital breakups, family feuds, jealousy, mistrust had actually increased. And this reminded me of some words that Jesus said when he said these words. Beware of the deceitfulness of riches. Beware of the deceitfulness of riches. Now, why did Jesus say that? Is he saying that money's bad? No. Money's a good thing. Money provides a lot of opportunity to help a lot of people. Bill Gates is one person who has spent a lot of his money to try to wipe out a lot of diseases in the third world. We have people who give here, who give of their resources to care for things, and lives are changed because of money being invested into people. But, in the same light, riches don't always deliver their promises because they don't always give back to you what you hope they will. So, these deck of cards is a symbol of the first part of what I want to talk about. And what these cards represent is that you live for yourself. How can I live for myself? Now, in... uh, New Testament days, there was another symbol uh, that Jesus talked about, which was a water basin. And in Jesus' day, there was a person who actually uh, had uh, the basin uh, as his job. And his job was being the servant or the lowest in the household is that when people would walk into the house, he would take this particular Uh, kind of water basin, something similar, and he would wash people's feet. Now, the question is, that sounds kind of weird, Um, why would a person do that? Um, It'd be similar to us when people uh, come over for dinner and we ask them, hey, can I take your coat? You put it in the closet. Well, that doesn't seem like too big a deal, but washing someone's feet seems a whole lot different. But it really was a sign of hospitality. Because the roads that people walked in were the places where people dumped everything. So whatever the animals ate also came out on the roads in another way, okay? Whatever people did, they threw it out there. Food was thrown out. Everything is in the road. It's dirty, nasty, grimy, smelly. So you can imagine if you walked into a house where you were having dinner... You would not necessarily want all that in your house. And so the servant boy would come and he would wash their feet and then he would take a towel and he would dry that off. Now one time, uh, Jesus and his disciples had a dinner party. They get ready for this dinner. They go to a room. Um, but there was only one problem. No one had arranged for the servant to be there to wash someone's feet. In other words, no one got on the phone and said, hey, we need the foot washer boy to come here, you know, uh, to come and make sure that people wash feet. Well, when they all get there, the tension gets kind of high. There's 12 disciples who have all this stuff on their feet, and Jesus is with them. And the question becomes now, who is going to stoop down to a lower position and actually wash some dirty, nasty, smelly feet. My wife, every once in a while, goes and gets a manicure. How many women have ever had a manicure in your life? I would ask men to do that, but I don't want to put you out, okay? Uh, put you on the spot. Now, if you've had a manicure, ladies, do you go with dirty, smelly feet to the manicure place? Oh, it's pedicure. Gee, what is You can tell I've never had one. Okay, let's do the right one. I haven't had a manicure either. I'm sure they're wonderful things. But anyways, uh, pedicure. Well, when my wife goes and gets a pedicure, her feet, she will, like, clean them up. I mean, like, they're better than when she's around me, you know? Because she doesn't want to get those feet like that. But in this culture... Whatever was on your feet was on your feet. You didn't have a chance. And so what you would want is for the servant boy to be there to wash your feet. And so all of these guys are looking around, and they're a little bit uptight, and the tension gets really, really high. And finally, Peter is like, dude, I'm like one of the top three. There's James, John, and me. So one of the rest of you are going to have to do this feet washing. I'm not doing it. I am not doing this. I don't care. I'm not doing it. And I have a feeling, the Scripture doesn't tell us this, but I just uh, sense it uh, as I was reading it this week, that there were others that were standing around there and thinking the same thing. This is beneath me. I'm not going to lower myself to wash someone's feet. And no one did. And so they're kind of like, you know what? I'd rather just have dirty, nasty, cake, smelly feet underneath a table where we eat, than to have to wash someone else's feet. Now it's at this part of the dinner, they're they're ready to eat. And they all have dirty, nasty, smelly feet. And Jesus, the scripture says, stands up, and he walks over to where the basin is. And he walks to the basin, and he pours some water in it. And he comes back to the table, and he begins to wash every single one of their feet, including Judas, who he knew would betray him in a matter of minutes. And he washes the feet, and he dries their feet. And I was thinking about it this week, that I bet that was some of the quietest 15 minutes in the history of the world. Because how could it be? How could it be the one we had been with for three years, the Messiah, the called one? How could he do that kind of menial, below us kind of work? Jesus does this, and after this, he comes back to the table and he says some words to those around the table. It'll come up on the side screens. Jesus said, Do you understand what I've done for you? He asks them, You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for this is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you should also wash one another's feet. I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. I tell you the truth. No servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you will be What's the scripture say? What's the next word? What? You will be blessed if you do them. This is one of the most powerful teachings that Jesus gives, and it's just before he goes to the cross. And there are two key observations I want to take away from this. The first one is this. Jesus clearly and unapologetically calls everyone who follows him. He says, everyone who calls me Lord... Must serve other people. You've got to pick up the towel and serve other people. And you do it inside the church and you do it outside the church. You do it in your neighborhoods, you do it when you go to work, you do it in your home, you do it every place that you go. Serving becomes such a central key, a, a spiritual part of your DNA. That everywhere you go, you go with the idea that I'm picking up the towel to be the first one to serve. Here Jesus is saying, live beyond yourself. You see, folks, these two little symbols represent two things. This represents live for yourself. If I get something more, possessions, more money, more whatever, live for yourself. This is represents that you live beyond yourself. You don't get caught up in petty desires or pride or social status or titles or position. You pick up the towel and you say, every single day, I'll choose to live a lifestyle of servant. Now this week as I was studying this text, I uh, was spending some time in prayer and I said, God, if you give me an opportunity this week to serve, I'll be totally open to do that. And I was getting ready to leave on Wednesday to go pick up my daughter for ballet. Painful, you know. I I love Shiloh, but ballet is painful. And it's so painful that they don't even let us like watch them. We have to watch on this little screen. So there's like parents looking around, and kids are doing, (laughs) I think I can do it. Uh, They're going like this the whole time. That's all they do the entire time. Think, 30 minutes, you're just sitting at a screen. They're going up and down. Like, you know, let them run or, you know, do something. I don't know. And I'm running late to take them, uh, to take her to ballet. And I get out of our office doors at the church office. And a truck pulls in to the complex. And as it pulls in... Uh, all of a sudden these boxes fly off the back end of it everywhere. And I walk out and the first thought that I had was surely someone's going to help this guy. And so I look out and there are people at the bank across from us. There are people milling around and everybody hears this loud bang, 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 bang. And everybody looks but no one does anything. So I think at that moment this must be My towel experience. So I run over to this guy, and he's kind of like, I can't believe this. And there's all these boxes. Now, I really believe God had someone else in mind rather than me to do this because when I got there, there were these big boxes of laminate wood flooring. Have you ever tried to pick one of those up before? It is not an easy task. So I get there, and I'm like, here, I'll help you. And there's one of these big ones. And I, like, try to pick it up, and I can't even move it. You know what I mean? I can't even move the thing. So I finally, you guys ever do this, like, when you can't, like, pick something up? You just kind of roll it up your body. You know, like, you're like you roll it, you know, until you finally get it. And I get it, you know, I get it over to the truck, and I finally put it up. And he's like, you got that? I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm good, man, you know. And I put it up. Well, that wasn't the only box, you know. And no one's running to this guy's aid, you know. Everybody just keep on walking by, you know, like, hey. And we keep doing this. Now, again, I'm sure there was a stronger man, okay, not some little scrawny preacher boy, you know, to do this, but that's, who Jesus sent. And I'm sure this guy was hoping Jesus sent somebody else, but it was me, you know? And so we finally get everything pulled up, and I put it all in there, and I head off to take Shiloh to ballet. Now, I share this story with you, not because every single time I see something I serve, because I don't. But I want that to be my heart. I want it to be in my heart that everywhere I go, Everything that I do, I'm willing to pick up a towel and I'm willing to serve other people, to live beyond myself. And yet, in this passage, Jesus is sharing to all followers, he's saying, Serving other people, folks, is not just some good ideal out there that goes nowhere, but it is a daily lifestyle where you pick up the towel and you say, I'm going to live for Christ, I'm going to live for others, and I'll let myself be third. And this means that every time that you walk on the factory floor, when you walk into your school building, when you walk uh, into your office, when you walk into the department store, when you walk into the restaurant, when you walk here into the church, you walk in and you, you pick up the towel And you say, just anywhere I want, I want where I walk, I want to be a towel bearer. And Jesus unapologetically calls all of his followers into this kind of life. And Jesus goes like this He said, If it's not beneath me, the second person of the Trinity, the Son of the Most High God. If it's not beneath me to do simple acts of kindness, to bend down and to wash other people's feet, and to serve other people with small acts of kindness, how can it be beneath you? You do the humble thing. You do the thing that nobody else wants to do. And you do it in His name. Now the second key observation that we get from this text is this. Jesus says if you will serve other people, You will be, what's it say? What? Blessed. Now, here, Jesus is making this huge blanket statement across the board, no exception, promise. He says, Towel bearers who live beyond themselves are going to receive God's blessing and His favor. Jesus says, when you serve something supernatural, actually happens. I read some studies this week that talk about people who are depressed. And one of the first things that happens to their brain is when they look out beyond themselves and they look beyond to other people. Serotonin starts firing. And as they serve, they actually, in a healthy way, they begin to become healed. Supernaturally, he says, I'll send it to you through God's power. It'll be released within you. When you pick up the towel and you serve other people, lives are changed. And the biggest one that's changed is yours. And you're blessed. Now here's the question. Do you really believe that? Do you believe that God could supernaturally bless your life by you simply doing acts of kindness? Do you believe that promise enough that you would reorder your value system of your life for the promise that Jesus gives to us? I mean, Jesus is almost kind of saying this. He says, you know, there's only two options here, folks. You come to a crossroads, and you make one of two choices. You either live for yourself, and that's the symbol that represents this. And you shoot for money and you shoot for fame and you shoot for people's applause and possessions and all that kind of stuff. You get self-absorbed. You want a get-quick-rich kind of thing. That's a road. But there's another road, and it's titled live beyond yourself. And he says this is the Tao road that I'll live beyond myself. That I'll put others before myself, that I'm willing to sacrifice to serve, and I will pick up the towel of Jesus Christ and I will serve others. You know, I just wondered if we took the 25 people in your life, 25 people who knew you better than anyone else, and we showed them this and we put up your picture kind of where that crossroad sign is. And we put your picture there. And we said, hey, we just want to ask you, uh, this picture is of Lisa or Larry or Chloe or or Chris. We're going to put the picture up there and we're going to give you two roads. Which one describes that person? Do they live for themselves or do they live beyond themselves? And some people might say, you know what? No matter what they tell you, no matter how much they go to church, no matter how much they put on an appearance, the reality is they live for themselves. And other people might say, no, 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 no. This really is a person who lives beyond themselves. They, I see them picking up a towel every time I'm around. Now, some of you are feeling the heat maybe a little bit this morning, and it's not just from our new lights that we put in uh, today to try to check this out for the next month or so, but some of you are kind of like, gee whiz bunch, you know, I kind of didn't think it'd be so heavy today, I mean, it's a church picnic day, you know, we're supposed to have fun, you know, fun, why are you teaching on this today? I mean, we just had a four-day weekend, you know, we had Labor Day, and everything was relaxed, and, and where are you going with all this? Well, where I'm going is that almost a year ago, this church said, you know what, the jar is going to pick up the towel, and we're going to offer two celebrations, so that every single person who wants to come can have a place to sit. Because if you remember, we used to meet this way and it would get so far back, people couldn't see, they didn't have seats for them, all that kind of stuff. And so people said, no, I'll pick up the towel and I'll serve. I'll make it happen. And I just got these statistics on Friday. But within the last year, we've actually increased our attendance by 12% because we simply added a second celebration. And yeah, you should... Thank you, Mike. Mike's Mike's down here going, woo! You know, everybody can woo. You know, this is God's thing. This isn't my thing, you know. And God's done that. Now, this summer, we've had the highest attendance in a summer than we've ever had in the history of the jar. Financially, people are giving in great ways to provide for needs in people in our community. Two weeks ago, we had 17 people that were baptized out at Prairie Creek who said, you know what, I am going to pick up the towel and I'm going to serve the one and obey him the best way that I know how. It was the biggest baptism we've ever had in the history of the jar. And God is like, I'm sending these blessings to you because you're willing to do that. Now, all of these areas, folks, we've increased. You know what the one area is that we haven't seen that same increase? Volunteers. We've had a lot of people that have come in and and they found a seat and they found a place and they're willing to honor and love God, but they're just not giving of their time. And this is what happens. We'll have a big Sunday like today and people will come and they'll sign up and they sign up and it's only a three-month commitment is what we're asking for. But they sign up, and then they do it the first month. They're like, man, that's great. I feel a part of this church. This is awesome. And then month two comes, and they're like, whew, colts are on today. Good luck with all of you that are tearing down, you know. And then by the time month three comes, we don't even know if you're around. So if you sign up, it means you show up. So I want to get real practical with two next steps that we want everyone here at the JAR to be a part of. First of all, choose a serving area in the JAR. Um, Choose a serving area in the JAR. And I want to encourage you to do so by pulling this out for a second, which is our Volunteer Now form. It's all in your program. If you don't have one, raise your hand. We'll get one to you, okay? But I will not go further until you pick this out, okay? So, just joking. But if you could pull it out, that would be great. Now, many of the opportunities, look at that. Yeah, thanks, Jack. Way to go. Um, But if you have this, what I'd like you to do is to uh, go ahead and pull it out and uh, fill it out. Don't just look at it, and this is what it says. It says volunteer now. Below you will find a list of volunteer opportunities at the jar on Sunday, because Sunday is a great way to do that. On the back of this card is a description of what is involved in volunteering for each opportunity. After you have looked over this list, please fill out your information and circle the one that you have the most passion for. Now, I know some of you are overachievers. You want to circle more than one. I don't want you to do that. Just circle one, because if we all circle one, everything will get done. I worked really hard on that to rhyme all week, okay? If you only circle one, then everything gets done, okay? If everybody does one, everything will get done. So, uh, you can take some time, look at this right now, look on the back, and find out, what am I actually committing to? Um, And so you put it down, you say, hey, you know what, Uh, I'll, I'll do this. And If you're already serving, let me say thank you most of all because we really appreciate it. A couple weeks we're going to have a breakfast in between the two celebrations. You'll want to be here to be a part of that. Um, And let me just pick another group of folks, and that is maybe you served for a while and you had to take a break. Everybody takes a break. But don't take a break anymore because now you're needed, okay? Uh, Your break is over. And so uh, come back and serve uh, in something. Now, some of you are here for the first time or maybe you've never served before and you're like, Chris, I don't even know what to sign up for. I'm not asking you to absolutely hear from the voice of God be in children's ministry, okay? All I'm asking you is to take a guess. Take a guess. Try it for the next quarter, which will be three times. And then, uh, you know, if that still works, great. If not, uh, after that time, you can uh, look at something different. But when you fill this out, you're just saying, I want to serve. I want to do my part. And what does it mean to do your part? What is the key step? And this is something that we want for everyone who calls the jar their home. They're like, hey, I'm committed. I want to be a part of this thing. Um, we ask you to serve once a month. Just once a month that you would say, you know what? I can do that. I can come a little bit early or I can come... Uh, you know, stay a little bit later, and I'll serve uh, once and a month. Now, one of our biggest needs right now, folks, is our first celebration. We have a lot of people that come to the first celebration. We've been averaging right around 100, a little bit more. Um, but uh, some of you are like, man, I'm not a morning person. I mean, I just couldn't do it. And I'm not trying to say, you pick what you want. But if some of you would just say, you know what, once a month I'll come early and I'll do something that would help out tremendously. And so, uh, if you can do that, that'd be great. Now, at this time, we're going to send some people to uh, the tables over here to the side, and you can. We're going to give you some moments uh, to do this, uh, to go, and to ask any questions, to um, be able to, uh, you know. Leave your card there if you want. But first of all, uh, we need people to help with setup. Uh, And setup's always a a helpful thing. And Eric Gillette is uh, right there. Eric, if you could just raise your hand there. Uh, Eric uh, will answer any questions that you have. Um, And so that'll be an area that you can do it. Uh, We also need people with hospitality. Can you smile? Can you greet someone? Can you say hello? And so Patty Moore and Gary uh, are over there. Uh, And so they uh, are there to help with that. That could be helping with guest connections table, resource table, uh, whatever it is. We also have uh, children's ministry. Um, And we didn't bring our director down. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, ah, we left the kids up there, let them go. No, there are people volunteering, our directors up there. But Waylon Schaefer uh, helps run our first celebration with all the kids. And so, um, in fact, I'm trying to get Chuck uh, Mock, who helps teach also, to give me a couple weeks because I want to serve with the kids. Because one of the things that I love to see is little lives touched by Jesus and to see that kind of impact. And so if you want to do that, uh, you can talk to Waylon. Our sound team and media and light guys, uh, Christian and uh, Mikey are back there. Can Are you standing up, Mikey? No, I'm joking. I was, <laughs> can you... See, this always happens, and what happens is everyone will take his side. And I should know better by now. But they will help with that. And then uh, finally uh, is our student ministry where Derek's at, Impact tonight at 630, and then uh, also our outlet high school ministry that meets on Thursday. So this is how I want to wrap this whole thing up, and then we're going to give you about five minutes. We'll play some music, and you guys can check that out uh, real quick. And it's this. Sometimes what I think really happens is that people get paralyzed by fear of doing something new. Maybe you've never done it before, and so you get kind of paralyzed by it. Or you get paralyzed because you're like, how am I going to have the time uh, to do this? And this summer, uh, we've kind of seen an evolution in my youngest daughter, Shiloh, uh, as she's learned how to swim a little and then jump off the diving board. And I've shared different things. But one of the very first times she ever jumped off the diving board, uh, I think we got a picture of her, she was the smallest of all the kids. She is the shortest, and you can kind of see her looking up. And I think there's a little fear in her at that point, thinking, do these kids want me to be at their diving board? Will they accept me? Will... uh, I'd be able to really do this and jump off. Do I, do I have the time to do this? I mean, I'm four years old, but if I drown, you know, that takes like you know, a lot of time off my life there, you know? And she's just standing there, and when we took this picture, I thought, how many times people want to serve, but they get there and they're just wondering, do they really need me? Will I be accepted? Will I be used? Do I have the time For this? Or am I just too afraid to jump in? And today I have a feeling that some of you just might have a little fear, afraid of time, that you might not say the right thing, will people accept me? But you know what? Out of all those fears, that's not the thing that I'm most fearful about for you. This is what I'm most fearful about. My fear is that some of you could go through the rest of your life and you would never pick up this towel and you would never choose to serve outside of yourself. That some of you might go to your grave and you might say, you know what, oh yeah, I did the church thing and everything, but you never picked up the towel to serve somebody else. But today, we're going to go beyond paralysis and we're going to turn to the promise that Jesus said when He said, when you serve other people, when you pick up the towel, You actually are the one who receives the what? The blessing. So at this point, uh, we're going to release you guys here for uh, just a second. And uh, you can go to any of the tables that you want to. Uh, You can leave your card if you want to. Uh, I can't find my card. Uh, But anyways, here it is. You can take your card and uh, check out some of the tables. You can leave it there, or when we leave, we'll do that. But at this time, I'm going to ask the greeters to lock the doors. (laughs) I'm just joking. Um, But if you can do that and just come back in five minutes, uh, we'll uh, close with a prayer and we'll be done. And you can go get ready for some football, okay? So uh, let's play some U2 and uh, go drop these off. place someone uh-huh. you can land ahead in the chair uh-huh. for colors came out. It was a beautiful If you're already serving, if you can still fill this out, it will be very beneficial for us. So let me say that again. If you're already serving, uh, if you can just fill it out, it will help us with scheduling and those kind of things. And so uh, if you can do that, uh, that'd be great. Um, I just want to encourage you that you guys really would be willing to pick up a towel and serve today. And we'll move the boxes here in a second towards uh, the door there. So if you haven't dropped it off yet, you can uh, before you leave. And um, I just wanted to close. I want to read a passage of Scripture that I think speaks to this. Uh, it's in 1 Corinthians 12, and it says this. The human body uh, has many parts, but the many parts make up one whole body. So it is with the body of Christ, the church. Yes, the body has many different parts, not just one part. If the foot says, I am not a part of the body because I am not a hand, that does not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear says, I am not a part of the body because I am not an eye, would that make it any less a part of the body? If the whole body were an eye, how would you hear? Or if the whole body were an ear, how would you smell anything? But our bodies have many parts, and God has put each part just where he wants it. Um, I just want you guys to know that you are an important part of the jar. And God did not send you to this place just to consume, but he called you to this place to contribute, to pick up your towel and to serve other people. And the question really is, will you serve him? Will you follow Him? Will you pick up the towel? So if you would, please stand, and I'll close this in prayer, and uh, we'll play out a song real quick. Let's pray. God, I ask right now that you would uh, just come through the power of your Holy Spirit and speak to folks about... Them picking up a towel and serving. Encourage them today, God, to know that as they serve, you will bless them. Help us not to live for ourselves, but to live beyond ourselves. Give us courage, God, to do that this week, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.